Thanks for tuning in to Voices in DevOps. If you enjoy this podcast, please check out John's reports and blogs on gigaohm.com, where he covers all things DevOps, data, and strategy, addressing many of the topics covered in Voices in DevOps. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Voices in DevOps, where I'm here to speak to James Beecham. Beecham? I nearly pronounced that wrong. Uh, you must, you've got the easiest name in the world. How can I not pronounce Beecham? That's crazy. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, you're, you're founder, CTO, board member of Alta. I hope I pronounced that right. Get one thing right uh, yeah, as, as we start this podcast. Yep. Cheers, great. Um, so, so James, I'm going to hand the baton over to you while I get my teeth back in, and uh, just just ask you uh, um, what brought you to uh, uh, being the founder and CTO. And I'm, as I'm thinking, I'm thinking we could we can we can bind the whole lot together. So, both what got you there, and then why did you want to set up Alter? What 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 problem did you set out to solve? Let, let's let's wrap the whole lot up in a bow. Sure, John, uh, and thanks for uh, for having me on here. Um, you know, my my past almost felt like it was uh, uh, built for me. Uh, I'm the son of uh, two engineers, uh, came from a, an, an IBM family, which for me stands for I've been moved. Um, <laughs> so we lived uh, all over the United States. I would uh, come home, and and there would just be a you know a Mayflower moving truck in the driveway, and we're moving to Raleigh or we're, we're, we're moving to Connecticut or moving, moving to New York or, you know, wherever it was. So, um, you know, grew up with computers. Uh, my, my folks were, were very, uh, you know, hands-on with us, um, you know, with, with it there, Unix and, and, and other operating systems were really where we spent the majority of our time. Uh, my brother is also a computer engineer. Uh, my wife is a computer engineer. So, that set, um, you know, sets really out quite uh, the childhood with a kind of Unix yeah, background. You were yeah, there kernel programming and yeah, and and you know it's funny uh, with all the uh, the engineering you know talk around the table. Either you love our uh, Christmas morning conversations or you you really despise them. Um, so it just depends on uh, on what on what you like. Uh, unfortunately for me, my my wife likes computers too. So uh, That's you know made it made, made it really easy. Um, and I really gravitated towards uh, the hardware side of the world, um, both, you know, physically, so chips and circuit boards and things like that, but also, um, you know, I was fascinated by hypervisors and, uh, and kind of low-level firmware pieces. So I spent a lot of time with KVM and QMU, and um, that's kind of really what, what led to, um, I think, you know, this, this notion of, of really kind of a full-stack type of engineer, which is, which is really how I see myself and, you know, the, the, the ways that we used to do that. Um, uh, before a lot of the new tools that had come out was we would, we would spin up, you know, five or 10, uh, virtual machines on a, on a server or, or a, a big tower. And, and that was our stack. We'd have our database. We had our, our, our firewall and our, and our proxy, uh, I'd have my application servers. Um, and this was kind of at the time where, you know, server side JavaScript was really, uh, growing and taking over. And there was this little idea called Docker and, um, you know, con- containerization had been around you know for a long time, especially going back to to the mainframe days. But Docker making it so easy to um, uh, set up uh, you know different containers. So I kind of my path was migrating from individual virtual machines uh, per service, um, you know, down now into individual containers. So still kind of the same idea, um, mm-hmm. but just implemented very differently. A, a, you know, a lot lighter weight uh, there. So um, 
you know, really, you know, found myself working a lot out of the data centers. Um, and this was kind of before the, the cloud piece started uh, really taking off. But now I, I almost exclusively work out of, out of AWS. So it's been a, you know, a really interesting kind of path to get to, to where I am today. Um, I've kind of seen, uh, you know, the, the, the evolution of this kind of modern stack um, as, it, as it affects the, the, the enterprise. Um, you know, when we were working, I was working for a company uh, out in Chicago in, in, in the Wall Street space, um, and we really had a problem uh, around separating the operation uh, of our data uh, from the security of it. Um, it, it. It always seemed, especially with relational databases, that, um, you know, the folks that were in charge of making sure that our database was up and running and was performing correctly and, and, and you know, optimized for our application um, we're also the folks that were responsible for in, um, setting our security policies and uh, and you know making it um, uh, such that you know if we wanted to codify a policy around access control or or, or role based uh, access, it was almost always the same folks uh, that were running the the database server, and we were looking for some ways to separate those two roles out, um, very similar to how the banks have separated operation of money from security of money. Um, so, you know, if you, if you have my debit card and you have my pen code, you have everything you need to go operate the ATM and you can use my, my account. But if you want to get all of my money, um, that's a separate process and you have to call in the bank and, you know, go through all the questions and, and everything. And so we were looking for a way to kind of mimic that within, uh, databases because we had a number of kind of, you know, regulatory, uh, issues around, uh, that siloed work there. So that was really the kind of start for Alter was, <clears throat> looking for a way to separate uh, the operations of, of databases from the security of them so that you can kind of have separation of duties uh, within uh, within your organization. So did, did it actually, um, was the gem of the idea or was the, you know, was the whole thing um, uh, created while it was, it, it's a repeating theme that uh, uh, f- big financial organizations tend to spin out uh, tech companies because they, um, they have, pro- the people in the financial organizations have a problem to solve and then they solve it and then they realize it's not just a problem for them it's a problem for other people as well so uh, yeah it's that's that's very similar to you know our our story ours ours was um you know it just as you said we were a highly regulated uh, environment we were responsible for about 10 percent of the daily options trades uh uh in the united states at the time and then the problems came down from the regulators and we were talking with, you know, Accenture and, and Oracle and Dell and IBM trying to solve these problems um, and just got frustrated and started, you know, going back to the whiteboard saying, you know, if we were to completely rethink this problem and not buy something, what, how would we do it? Um, and then you're absolutely right. You know, we've, we've now found ourselves working in, uh, you know, in the insurance business and, and financial services and, and restaurants. I mean, there's, this data, uh, you know, custody and, and data operations problem uh, exists everywhere. Um, but yeah, so, you're absolutely correct. It was it was, it was a need that we had. Yeah. Get no carry on, carry on. This need you had. I'll tell yeah, you what yeah, I love it's in a, a minute. It's a, it's, yeah, it's it's a, you know a need that that we had to solve, and um, you know it, it it's amazing when you have. Um, it, it, one thing I noticed about the financial companies is they just do a great job of attracting technology talent and you know that's partially probably because they're paying more um, but also partially because the problems that they have are very interesting um, and it's a, it's a lot different than you know running a website or uh, you know making sure that socks get delivered on time um, these these problems that we had were, were very very uh, uh, tough and interesting 
Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, it's not a good, a good group of guys. Things like um, scalability, for example, you don't say, well, we need to work, as a lot of people do. Uh, if, you, if you're building an IoT solution, let's, I'll, I'll make this up, and, and IoT people out there can, can tell me how wrong I am. But uh, if you're building it, <laughs> the first thing you do is you build it, and then you kind of work out how it's going to do its thing, and then you work out how it how it's going to need to scale across uh, you know, a lot of devices, and then you, you test that and build it up. Whereas in, in finance, it, it's, yeah, scale isn't something you can leave until tomorrow, and, and nor is security for that matter. Correct. Yeah, they are. You know, t- typically, what we'll find uh, with uh, most businesses is that the first five requirements for uh, an application or a product are features, 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 and then features. Um, and with uh, the financial space, it's usually the other way. It's security, 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 and then oh wait, people have to use this thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's 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 the opposite because the, st- the stakes are just so high. You, you've you've um, literally you know, it's, described it's, it's, my mobile banking app. That's it. It's it's kind of fantastic security and completely unusable. <laughs> yeah, there there you go. But guess what? Your data safe now, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 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 the upside. The, the, the reason I laughed earlier, by the way, was I, I love the fact you said you know financial institutions, insurance companies, and restaurants. And I thought, yep, those guys are going to eat. You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they they've got to eat. I mean. You know, it's it's true now that you know most businesses are are you know software and data businesses now, um, and folks are kind of you know just realizing how how important uh, this this is to their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I'm going to uh, pick you up on, uh, so not pick you up on so much as uh, uh, interesting about your when you were talking about being a full stack engineer earlier, and I was thinking essentially that's like the kind of uh, definition Renaissance person. Um, of kind of being able to do everything, and I'm wondering if full stack engineer has become that kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, just a poly polymath kind of, uh, but but in the technical sphere, um, yeah, and, and yeah, they're very I mean, few it, and far it, between. In I think what I find a common theme among you know other technical founders is that they have those those properties as well. I mean I. I would go everything from VHDL uh, all the way up, up, up to the highest levels to you know running server side JavaScript and, mm-hmm. and everything in between. Uh, there, I actually think it's um, you know uh, it, it was a beautiful time to be uh, working in this industry, uh, and I, this might be a good segue for us too because the you know the DevOps culture and the the the, the that kind of need for that uh, automated infrastructure and automated deployment um, really kind of. <clears throat> finished the, the full stack piece. I mean, we were, we were manually making Nginx configs and, and manually doing routing uh, together, you know, from between virtual machines or containers, whether we're using the overlay networks or, or, or whatnot. Um, and, you know, really, if, if you weren't doing that uh, as a technical founder, um, you know, you did not move as fast. It was, it was really almost a requirement uh, to be able to get our product off the ground and, and be able to run it in a way that was cost efficient, you know, in the beginning for us. Um, and so I, I really do, I think that you characterized it very, very well. And it, it's a property that I've seen among many other technical founders. Okay. So we've got a segue moment. You, 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 you called it, um, you, you're reading off my script yeah. here, but it essentially, and to, to lead into that, I had a question for you, which I wanted to bank. So I'll ask it now. Um, which is okay. what you, you use the term we when when you were describing uh, the people that recognize the need to separate uh, security um, uh, from um, 
data management, if you like, data security from data management. Um, and right. when you said we, I'm thinking, my mind immediately thought, so who were the stakeholders in that we? Was that actually just the developers or was that the dev and the ops people? Or was that the, the dev and the ops and the security? Or was it the management as well? Or was it the whole organization? Um, yeah. Um, it, you know, for, for us, we were, the name of the company was called Dash Financial and it was a relatively small company um, compared to, to our competitors. Um, and so therefore, you know, the problems of the business, whether they were operations related, IT related, or, you know, financial or, or management related, uh, you know, kind of, kind of all, they, they spread the gamut across all of us. So, um, you know, the, the regulation came down that we had to attest to the digital custody uh, of, of, of all of our of all our assets um, that we that we knew where our data was and we knew where it was going and we knew who was looking at it um, and so you know that kind of came down from management to to operations and to engineering and um, and so yeah when I, when I say we it really it really was a, a, a full stack we from the sense of, of the okay. business I mean the CEO was was involved in the process and IT and engineering and, and compliance um, we, we were really all together trying to solve this problem You've just given me a, a whole range, a series of blog ideas around the full stack business, um, but I'll I'll, oh, quote, you I'll, I'll quote you in that because yeah, I did not <laughs> think of the term full stack business. You just did, so um, um, yeah, there we go. I, I just captured it. So let's take all of that and let's think. So I mean, you're working now. You, you you've set up this organization. It's been running you know a good few years, and and you're working with uh, you know. Big, big finance, big insurance, um, and restaurants, and you're um, <laughs> you, you're applying you're applying something into the path of of development, into the path of systems construction and deployment, and so on and so forth. How, when you so the two parts of this question, you can ask them. You can ask uh, you can answer either parts in either order, um, both in terms of the overall challenges that your client organizations are facing and in terms of the specifics around uh, data and, and this separation of concerns around data. So we've got the pipeline and then we've got the data aspects to that. What do you see as the challenges that you come up against uh, the most um, and, um, uh, and how do they manifest themselves, would you say? Sure. So um, yeah, I think that the first one around the separation of data is is the the biggest challenge is kind of getting the entire organization to um, agree that that there is a problem and a challenge that um, you know needs to be solved uh, out in the light rather in the dark. And by that, what I mean is, I think you know a lot of organizations have just blindly trusted um, engineering and IT and operations to make sure that. Uh, you know, data is safe and that it, it's it's being secured correctly and, and being used properly. Um, and, you know, the last few years have really shined a big, bright spotlight uh, kind of in that dark corner of, of, yeah, you know, Fred's got it or Lauren can handle that and, you know, all these things to now, now they're board level um, uh, discussions and, and, and they're even, you know, CISOs are um, getting really, really involved heavily in, in the operation side of the business now. So, um, you know, that's been one thing that we've noticed here uh, in the past is that it, it's really kind of brought the entire organization together uh, and to, to solve these problems. And, and I think that therein lies uh, some of the challenges where you've got 
you know, groups that in the past have never interacted together um, are now are now working to to solve a common problem. But but what you have is you have folks that are deeply deeply technical and maybe have um, you know beliefs or or practices around how data should be controlled and secured. And on the other side of the table, you know you have you have non technical folks um, that are getting you know yelled at by their boss or by their shareholders or their auditors. Um, and you know finding a common language to speak uh, between those two groups is is definitely a challenge. Um, and you know. As you think about DevOps itself, this this idea that I'm going to automate um, a lot of my infrastructure or automate my deployment, and you know I'm I'm putting the continuous integration uh, you know type of pipelines uh, in with this DevOps phrase um, is is mm-hmm. that you know the entire org has has to buy in, um, and and that just you know not not only does it mean it's the technical folks, um, but also the you know the, the business side too, because you know one thing that we found is that um, with especially with DevOps, you get what you pay for. Um, you know, if you if you just try to go and run some of the open source hashy tools, uh, and you try to force some of your you know traditional operations or uh, IT or engineering staff to adopt these concepts, um, you know you it's going to be difficult for them. Um, you know, it it really infrastructure as code um, begins to force your your developers into infrastructure like thinking, uh, which is good because uh, as I kind of mentioned before, it. it I think really DevOps was the cement for this full stack uh, engineer. You know, now if you can if you can write code and then you can use code to deploy your code, um, that's kind of the that's kind of the sweet spot for an engineer. But it's a it's a strange concept. You know, usually I'm used to just shipping my jar out. I'm going to SCP it over to some you know container somewhere, and and then I'm gonna just going to reboot the container, and and then my code's running. Um, you know, now the the world is very very different. Uh, you know, with these with these DevOps tools and this mindset. Um, and so I think, you know, the biggest challenge is really getting the entire org to buy in and, and to realize that you know, this is not just uh, some, some other free operating system that we're going to run, but it's an entire culture shift uh, mm-hmm. and, and really, you know, understanding what that means when you're jumping in. So, you know, I, I think again, the, the, where we used to have separation of, of duties and thoughts, we now have everybody at the table, um, and so finding that common language and, and agreeing to the solutions that we're going to have, uh, because, you know, ultimately at, at, at every business, we find this, that there's always some disconnect, uh, whether that disconnect is, well, this is how we used to do it or how we've always done it, or we can't do it because of these three reasons. Um, you know, there's, there's always that, that disconnect. And so finding that bridge and that, that, that language to communicate about the problem, mm-hmm. um, you know, is what I, is what I see as, you know, the biggest challenge. I mean, there's, there's the. Uh... There's there's a lot to unpack in that, and uh, in in the next 10 15 minutes we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to do the whole lot. So I'm I'm just thinking that there's a couple of things that spring to mind. One is um, how I, just for the record I've just been putting together a, a report on CI/CD, and um, it's these are terms that have been around. I mean DevOps it has been around for 10 years as a term, and DevOps term was predated by CI and CD. Um, so you'd kind of almost think, hey, everyone's done it now. You know, it's kind of a, everyone, everyone's using Jenkins, so surely they've got CI sorted. You know, yeah. but but yeah. what what I'm seeing when when I speak to organisations, just speaking to you now, it, the kind of philosophical shift that you need in order to uh, develop code right first time, so you can integrate continuously, so you can get those builds on a constant cycle. 
uh, that's still a long way off for, for many people. And you're adding an extra dimension to this, which is the infrastructure as code dimension. So it's, it's, it's taking the the D in CD could be delivery, could be deployment, um, and uh, it then flows into the notion of of, of, of actually building the infrastructure, the target infrastructure, and, and then storing it in parallel. Um, and as you've just pointed out, that requires developers uh, into an infrastructure way of thinking, uh, which is another thing that they didn't have to do before. So put the whole right. lot together. They're not necessarily building right first time so that they get the continuousness. They're not. They're now having to think about a deployment even as they develop, which is uh, forcing notions of kind of structure as a you know, not just code structure, but actual kind of target structure. And uh, and then the last point in my head is because we, we talk about developers, you know, the developers are the, are the kingmakers. You know, uh, everything, if you go into mm -hmm. it, I think, I mean, of course, you will at a developer conference. Uh, you know, developers are the most important people in the room. And they remain the most important people in the room. But at the same time, they're only going to stay the most important people in the room if they take on these concepts and uh, and, and build in a way that does, as you say, uh, address the disconnect. I mean, there's, that's right. my unpacking of everything. Wow. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, no, that was good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I, I've, I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been repeating things back to people for a while. It's it's good. Um, but that, then you see that. And so the question becomes, I mean, surely, uh, well, okay, two questions. One, a very simple question. Does the ability to separate uh, data security from data management, that's my phrasing of what you do, is that, mm -hmm. predica is that predicated on getting this DevOpsy stuff right? Uh, is it the same disconnect that you're trying to solve? Um, you know, I I don't think it's exactly the same. I, um, you know, one thing that you know, so we make database drivers is one of our one of our products, and that that's where we insert ourselves into the uh, enterprise stack. And and I think you know one thing that 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 does is it is it kind of begins to to realize that um, you know now I can shift some of this burden. Uh, uh, away, and so you know, if anything, you know, as you're crossing that bridge or trying to you know come together between DevOps and and, and development, um, uh, you know, raw development itself, you can kind of take at least for our customers, uh, take some of the security challenges off the table um, and and remove them from those two groups and hand them over to the security teams because you do have that separation of, of duties now, um, but it does require. Uh, that we get involved uh, with the with the dev teams and their and the DevOps teams from their build pipeline perspective, um, because we need to put uh, you know a database driver uh, onto the server or, or into the container image, and we need to make sure that we're up to date and that we're that we're part of the build process there. So yeah, I'd, I'd say it it does in the sense uh, you know help help bridge that gap, in that it it lets teams focus on you know the the things that they need to be more focused on together, which is how we're going to work together. Um, and, and how are we going to make this, you know, from what we had before to where we need to go tomorrow? Um, and I'm, now I don't have to think about deploying a database firewall in my infrastructure, or now I don't have to worry about the activity monitors or, or other types of devices because I'm building security into my app code. And so it just lets me focus more on, I, I can consolidate my problem sets down into, okay, how am I going to get my app code, you know, into an AMI that Jenkins will automatically push up to, AWS that can then get deployed automatically onto a container host and 
you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, uh, so I, I'd say that's, that's how we're kind of helping that problem is, is by pushing it all into one big pile on the table. And, and we're just going to focus only on the app code and how we're going to deploy it and not uh-huh. necessarily worry about the other infrastructure pieces that used to be required. And I, I think that's a, a, I think this is something like my 25th uh, podcast in the series and, and they've all been fascinating and completely different, but uh, a recurring theme in, in three or four of them is how can we take some of these problems away? Uh, and right. this is one that, so vulnerability scanning, for example, if we stick with security, um, uh, so uh, the J frogs of this world um, uh, can, can just do that and they can do it in line so that it's not something because as you know um if we're talking about security and the whole shift left shift right thing you you want to you want to have security happen you don't want to develop a whole bunch of stuff and then check whether it's secure and then find out that Mm -hmm. you should have done stuff six months ago that would have prevented the or minimized the issues that you've now got um so if we can put things like um uh, data data security in line into the process into the end-to-end pipeline without putting an overhead on on developers that 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 reduces the overhead so I, I can see where you I can see where you fit in and, and then from that point of view as well so what if you've got let, let, let's be blunt about the potential customers you might have and you can say oh no they're all great they're all perfect but if you've got organizations that get DevOps really very wrong, get CICD, you know, they're, they're just very old school. Uh, everything's linear. Everything's waterfall. Uh, no one's talking to each other. Um, uh, can you still function? Um, is it just harder? I mean, are the conversations harder? Uh, and slash or. So how, uh, how, do you, how do you work with those organizations? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good question, and you know the the benefit that that we have um, is that you know being an application focused product as a as a database driver, for example, or we we also have an API, but I'll stick with the database driver; it's just a little bit more interesting. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the the nice thing about that approach is whether your application is being developed, uh, you know, in them on a laptop somewhere. Um, that is then, you know, put onto a USB drive and mailed to the data center to be plugged in, or you're using, you know, the, the latest and greatest and, you know, everything is being developed in Lambda functions and you're running only out in AWS. The nice thing about our product and our space is that in either of those two extremes, um, you know, application code is still there. Um, and, and so that's, you know, that's one of the benefits that, that we get is, um, you know, we were able to plug into to application codes that were essentially infrastructure agnostic uh, as to where applications run, where database servers run. You can have a hybrid infrastructure. You can run all on-prem. You can run all in the cloud. It can be all serverless. Um, uh, you know, so we we get the benefit of that. And, and so when you when you go to the customers that, and by the way, you know, the what you said about you know still doing things, you know, kind of. Uh, in siloed ways and not communicating, we still see that every day, um, especially at some of the larger organizations where you know, maybe some of the groups within a, a large insurance company uh, have fully embraced the cloud and 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 are are you know fully using these tools and tool sets. There are other groups that have not. So even within organizations, um, we have our product being consumed uh, differently. Um, but again, it, it's 
it's nice for us to be able to just say, hey, you know what, We're, wherever you run your Java code, however you run your Java code, um, Alter can integrate and work with you and help to still remove some of those problems. So, mm-hmm. you know, not required to to deploy, um, you know, 10 times a day, 20 times a day and have your full Jenkins cluster up and running. You can still run, you know, old school monolithic applications um, and take advantage of our of our service. So it's 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 a kind of a, a benefit for us in that way. Okay, fair enough. Um, and now, so I'm thinking about. I mean, just thinking about as you say that there can be pockets of um, uh, old school practice, if you like. I'm, I'm always hesitant before I say kind of you know bad or it, it's just traditional practice because sometimes it's just yeah, it's just it's traditional. Yeah, I agree. It's not it's not bad. It's uh, you know it is what it is. It, it is it is what it is. So when um, uh, for, I'm thinking about your, your role uh, as an observer now, uh, and we've mm-hmm. talked about the the, the uh, enabling that that full stack attitude, if you like, uh, and the joined up attitude. And uh, I'm unpicking the term culture shift because you, you know, it, we we all know that you need a culture shift. I think what I'm trying to get to the mm-hmm. bottom of some of these podcasts is what does that actually mean in practice, and and it it comes from different places depending on the company. But uh, if you look at uh, let's say those pockets, I mean, are some of them just kind of they should wither away over time, and just, or just leave them? To, should they be kind of contained, uh, for want of a better term, um, uh, or should they uh, be looked to evolve, or how how would you characterize the different parts of the organization that you work with and, and uh, their potential for getting with the DevOps program, if you like? Yeah, it, um, you know, I, I I really think that the uh, types of people that we get to work with, uh, you know, the engineering brains, the operation type brains, uh, people, um, you know, are not, uh, I think, stuck in their ways um, uh, because of religious beliefs or, you know, uh, this is the way that it has to be. I think that, you know, a lot of the practices that we've developed as humans come from, you know, comfort uh, and the fact that they know the system. And, and the reason why that, that's important is, you know, if a, if a major bug comes out or they have to get something out quickly, um, you know, I know how I can do that today. Um, and, and change is scary um, for, you know, for all of us in, in every regard, but it's even scarier when, you know, you own the application that makes the money for your business. Um, and so change is very difficult. So, I, you know, I think what what has worked well for, for our company, because we, we were not a, a full DevOps shop. We started out running the data center and, you know, uh, you know handwriting our Nginx configs. And, uh, you know, we just over the past two, two and a half, three years, we really made the shift to kind of the, the full world here. But I think what, what did it for us and and what helps with our customers too that are kind of more running the traditional type stacks is just showing the benefits uh, of this type of, of running. And that's kind of what I was getting at with the, you know, the types of personalities that we work with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they are, they are results uh, driven. If, if there's a better way to, to drive home uh, because of traffic, most of the folks will do that. There's a, a faster way to, to pack your luggage. Um, most of the folks will do that. So I think it's a, it, it, it's an education thing about, Mapping the problems and the challenges that you have uh, in in your traditional ways of deploying software to the to the benefits and the tools that the that the modern kind of DevOps culture provides, um, and I think one of those one of the major problems that we found that DevOps really solves is 
um, especially for folks that have, uh, you know, larger stacks, you know, if I could only get a copy of exactly what's running in production, um, then I could test and figure out why we're having this intermittent latency or, or something like that. And, you know, without immutable infrastructure, that's really difficult to do. You're, you're standing up individual services and, you know, rolling them back to certain versions and checking out certain versions of your code and deploying it. Um, and I think when you kind of ask somebody to go to a whiteboard and say, you know, if you wanted to mimic a customer environment or, or mimic a, uh, you know, a dev or a, or a QA's environment, how would you do it? And they kind of walk through all the steps manually of how they would do it. And then you say, well, you know, what if I told you that I could just use infrastructure as code and kind of give you a, a copy and paste methodology uh, for this. And what used to take three hours could now take 15 minutes. Um, and you kind of multiply that 10 times. Uh, I think they're, you know, the lights start to kind of go off in their heads. And it's like, you know, I, I don't think it's a leave siloed and, and let them kind of, you know, wither away in the corner. I think it's a, uh, you know, let, let's map your problems uh, to these new solutions because, you know, companies like Hashi and, and some of the other folks in this space, um, you know, didn't create this because they just, there, there was no problems, right? I mean, everything, this what I love about our business is it's, it's a constant problem solving business. Um, and, and so kind of, you know, I think bringing folks over and, and helping them understand that these tools are here to help not hurt um, uh, is, is kind of what we found. So I, I'm very much not a, you know, leave them alone and, and kind of let them die. It's, 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 you know, we would get, the business would get way more of a benefit, um, you know, if we can kind of move towards these, these, these more modern approaches and, and really the, the people that are doing them might seem stuck on their ways. That's just because we've just done a bad job of explaining to them uh, how this is going to make their life better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you do that, the light bulbs just go off and, and, you know, away, away we go. I'm hesitant to mention yet again my champion skeptic pattern uh, in change management. Look it up. Uh, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, it's um, really interesting. So what we're talking about here is essentially, if I can summarize, there's one view of the world, which is that kind of, uh, and I, I hear this a lot and I see this a lot, and it's what you get at KubeCon and, and so on and so forth. It, it's just this kind of assumption that it's a better way, but there's no real clarity yeah. over why it's a better way. It's just, yeah, you should be doing DevOps and and because uh, uh, it's more mature. It, 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 and if you look at the state of DevOps uh, report or whatever, it just says, well, yeah, there's people that are more mature and they're doing things faster. And you go, well, yeah, speed, speed, that'd be great. But it doesn't, you know, just doing things faster, that's just kind of, uh, it doesn't, give you anything whereas what you're talking about and and you're coming if i may from an engineering background an engineering parentage and an engineering mindset is Mm -hmm. your life as an engineer and what you're seeing looking at and that those those people who have that uh um infrastructure engineering need they can directly have positive impacts because, for example, they can just spin up uh, an exact copy of, of, of uh, the customer environment, or they can spin up three copies and, and tweak each one and then do a bit of ABC testing on uh, on them there and then. And it'll take an hour to do, you know, to have several copies running in parallel and, and you can look at each one. And that's a direct tangible benefit. It's not just kind of vague, well, it'll be faster. You'll be more productive. It, it's actually 
look at what you can do. And that's a really good um, tangible. So it's really good to uh, draw out these tangible examples of, of, of what, what the improvement will look like. Yeah, I, I think said, you know, said a different way, the, you know, one thing that I really like about software versus hardware is just how quickly we can iterate with software. Um, you know, you can use some of the hardware descriptor languages like VHDL, but you know, you still got a place in route and, you know, you're, you're waiting for that Xilinx chip to, you know, figure out what, what it's going to do versus software. You know, I can just, I can change and, and start running again. And, and so I said all that to say that, you know, that's what the developers in my mind really like to do is to focus on solving their problems. Um, and, and what, what I've learned with, you know, this DevOps culture and infrastructure as code is it, is it really helps you get back to focusing just on that and not worrying about networking or did I deploy the wrong version or, Oh, that's right. I need a different version of this library because it doesn't support this one feature that I need. Um, it, it allows you to abstract that away uh, and spend your, your cycles and your time uh, focusing on what you like to do and what really is important. So, yeah, I, mean, I think, you know, you speed is a byproduct of that. Um, but again, you know, businesses are all just run, run by humans. I mean, not, not all of them all the time, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's humans that are writing code. Um, and so I think, you know, when you frame it in terms of the human problem, um, you get the business outcomes eventually from that. Um, but DevOps doesn't just mean speed. It means that your developers are able to focus more uh, on the code and less on the problems of deploying the code. And therefore, you get speed of deployment. Um, but it's not because they wanted to go faster. It's, you know, one thing that I say to people, and sometimes they get upset or don't realize it, but um, engineers are extremely lazy. Um, and and, it, and it's not it's not from a like a negative, like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's more of the opposite of, I don't ever want to do that again. Um, and, and so that's really where, you know, automation has just helped with everything. And, and so I fully subscribe to make my life easier so that all of my cycles, all my clock cycles are spent on things that AI enjoy, which means if I'm enjoying it, the code's probably really good, which it means the customers are probably going to be really happy. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the mindset that we take speed is just the byproduct of it. Um, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. You know, we'll go to the, the Gartner conferences or Hashi or all these other, you know, big places and we'll sit around the bar and, you know, listen to people talk and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's acronym soup and, um, you know, everything else that, that you just kind of mentioned there. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's cool to kind of be in that world, but, uh, to realize why that world exists, I think is more important and, and not just the outcomes that that world creates. That's 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 wonderful, and it, it, it's a great note to end on, if I may. And I, I think, it, as a, as an ex engineer as well, I'm just thinking about the the boy down the mine shaft who ended up rigging up various bits of string in order to control things, so he didn't have to shift his backside. Um, right. That's why that's why we're engineers, right? Because we like solving yeah. problems, we like automation. So bringing automation to bear is uh, it's just kind of. Yeah, you, you you're just um, taking water to the horse, aren't you? Really, it's a, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's the perfect exactly. thing. Well, thank you very much, so much for your time, James. It, that's been really, really interesting, useful. Learned a bit about Alter. I've learned uh, a lot about um, uh, how to 
engage from an engineering perspective with engineers, which ultimately has to be what it's all about, and uh, and look for those real tangible benefits uh, rather than just uh, hey, you should do it because it's more mature. So um, I, yeah. I don't know if you've got any last words. Uh, I, I'm just going to say thank you. Yeah, sure. I may just maybe one thing to add, and it's a little a little bit silly, but it, I just I think it might kind of hit home for some of the listeners. We was at a conference and uh, it was a DevOps focused conference, and was walking around the, the vendor area. Um, and there was a hat there that said um, Dev Oops, so D E V O O P S. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I asked, can I have that hat, please? Because you know, as much as we've said here today about how automation can help and um, and and how this this new kind of culture is there, uh, it, it can also really throw a wrench uh, in your business if it's not well thought out and well planned out, and you don't have buy-in from from your entire team um, there. So I would just say avoid the Dev Oops. Um, because it's it's just it's it's one letter away uh, from 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 DevOps and and so you have to just be very careful with it. But uh, I've enjoyed the time here today as well, and I uh, hope it was uh, beneficial for uh, for some folks. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, we start starting and ending with buy-in, so that that's fantastic. Cheers, then, James, and I look forward to catching up with you yeah. again. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in DevOps, please check out the other ones. Scaling DevOps for the enterprise is the focus of a recent report John wrote for GigaOM Research. To find out more about how digital transformation is evolving, download the single report or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on IT operations and business strategies.